How are we doing? Good. Yeah, Good. man. Paul's story. Uh, a, a complex and twisted tale. Fire away, mate. Wherever you want to go. Uh, yeah, I don't know really where, where to, to start from where we left off, really. Shall, shall we... Uh, Shall we talk about that workshop? That might be the best way to go. Yeah, yeah. So anyone listening, uh, probably people might know my story, who work with me, obviously they will know. Um, uh, people might not know um, what happened to me. So around, it was probably 2014, 2015, with the workshops in Forest Bank, they, they do a lot of, of good stuff in there. With just, the just explain what they are, because a lot, what a lot of people said, you know, just a lot of people don't understand prison. Yeah. So prisoners, sentenced prisoner, is required to work, aren't they? They are, yeah. So the workshops are exactly what they said, industries, they call them there. Uh, when I were there, they had an auto electrician's workshop, welding workshop. This is one of them where prisoners go to work. Yeah, I think there's about, off the top of my head, there's probably about eight workshops uh, in there. So, as you, where all the house blocks are, uh, twice a day, morning and afternoon, you, you'd go mass movement to work, and then the prisoners would go to wherever they were going, either working in kitchens, working in industries, uh, education, where they do a lot of education, yep. good stuff for the lads. So these workshops are different a little bit. It's had Marshall Tuflicks. Uh, What's that? Um, like sockets, you know, like oh, parts, yeah. you know, and different things, um, plug sockets and whatnot. So that was a workshop. Years ago, they had a um, a double glazing one, um, yeah, which was good. I mean, all this as well is money for the prison. It's it's getting things in. Although it's good for the lads to to get jobs and whatnot that can get them something on the out. Um, it's also a way of making money for the prisons as well uh, and the companies because they're getting cheap labour. Um, for doing what they, they pay better than normal prison wages, though, don't they? A lot of these workshops. Some do, yeah, depending on what and how and how many hours uh, they go in uh, and whatnot. And sometimes, as it got sort of the uh, the business in in, in the industries was, was was booming in there, they were coming after five o'clock and they were working later on. Oh, were they? Yeah, so they, you'd have a member of staff stay there <laughs> because there was just demand for for whatever product they were given. So all these workshops are different ones. So they had that kind of, they had a chocolate workshop once. The chocolate bars were coming out of every, you know, everywhere you went. Well, there was what chocolate bars. Packing them. Packing them, I think. Yeah, that was a, a few. But you used to go into managers' offices and there's fucking chocolate bars would just fall out <laughs> drawers, and you go into to lad cells and there was you know, chocolate, chocolate everywhere. everywhere yeah. you know, it was crazy. Um, so yeah, so the lads once or twice a day will go to work, spend a couple of hours down there, and um, whatever workshop they're working in. Um, once it's time for them to go back to the wings for dinner time and that, then they go back. So these workshops, we had Timpsons working there, doing a lot of good work with Timpsons. Yep. Um, first they had a, a bookshop. It was weird, they had like a massive, huge library um, of books. So they were coming in off the, off the trucks um, and then they were getting put in order. So I don't know how they were doing it. Packaged all up, cellophane up. Said they had like Harry Potters or kids books or yeah. legal books or, you know, they were all getting packed packed up together and then shipped off to wherever. I don't know why or how or what it was for, but that was what it was. Um, and then started, the ad DVD, a DVD shop. At first, it was just everyone, people like, have you seen this DVD shop in, in, in industries? And all they were doing at first, they were getting a load of old DVDs and just like, they were called mulching them. They were just 
basically putting them in a like a like a machine, squishing them all down, making it into sort of some mixture or whatever, uh, and then they were just getting rid of it. Oh yeah. So it was weird. It was just, and they were like brand new films for whatever reason. So people were like, oh. So we started finding these DVDs and people's cells because you could use them on the Playstations and all this. <laughs> chocolate DVDs. Chocolate, yeah, chocolate <laughs> DVDs, it was all right. I mean, even they had, funny enough, just thinking about it, they had a workshop that had kids' toys. So kiddies' toys, whatever yeah. they were. Now, who would you think they would have them in the workshop they used? Having the sex offenders, that was their workshop. Wow. I mean, that's how crazy and stupid it was. That, that was there, that was there. So you go into cells doing cell searches on that wing and you were finding kids' toys and whatever, and you're like, Who's, whose idea was this kind of thing? Do you know what I mean? So they had a lot of different different shops um, and the officers down there, they're great, you know. Like Industries to, lads, I know a lot of them lads. Superb, yeah. Yeah, um, good the lads. lads. You know, Keith Sullivan. Yeah, we talked about Jimmy. Jimmy worked down there. Who yeah. to, um, um old school lads and yeah, was, Keith yeah. Sullivan and people where he started down there and it's good for you know it's sometimes lads who have and girls who have worked on the wings for a long time and they do want a break and they go down industries and it's a little bit more chill for them so to, to be fair some, some of them workshops as well Jimmy Thomas Jimmy Thomas yeah they, they were purposeful activity as in you could learn something take it out and yeah, yeah, it's it's productive, um, like I say, and it gets them off the cells and whatever, and it, you know, so one day these these DVDs started turning up, we were finding them all around the place, and you know, and then um, for some reason, all of a sudden, word got around that these DVDs, there was a, like this workshop, and it was massive, I think it was Morrison's, affiliated with Morrison's, so anyway, this workshop, was huge and it had and then outside of the workshop at the back they had a massive hanger um where it was just like with a bit of um, like a big sheet that had come across and all these deliveries just kept coming every other day um of games dvds um box sets of stuff um video games video games yeah well, playstation PS4, playstation xbox, xbox. Yeah. um and the, the cards as well. See, I'm not a very big gamer. My son's got one. But no, I don't understand. The, the vouchers. So you don't have to have a physical game. You buy a voucher and you download it or something yep. like that. So you had all these. Now we're talking thousands. I mean, we're talking, say, say a new game came out, FIFA 2000 or whatever, 2020. So they go for like 50, 60 quid, I think. Yeah, they are expensive so, so games. You're having workshop piled high at these games like thousands millions of pounds worth of these games but and outside as well literally millions literally millions it must have been um and outside you had this big hangar full of boxes of crates of crates of crates of crates of dvds box sets um you know um game of thrones star wars you know ultimate editions you yeah, know yeah. the 80 pounds but and they had thousands of them and they were getting and then like outside if the rain or the wind was coming the sheet would blow across and we were just getting damaged rain was coming in and all these games what, what were they doing were they going back out yeah or? they were like packaging i think what they were doing they were just coming in willy-nilly and then they were separating them scanning them and then packaging them up i think and then sending them off elsewhere but then the workshop but they were they, they were all like organized in the in the actual workshop and so they were all like you know all boxed whatever fifa 2020 there blah 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 you know so and then they were i think they must have just been i, I really don't understand why they were there or what it was for yeah they were obviously making money in a way but i don't know the complexities of 
really what it was all about. Yep. So you were finding finding these games in cells. You're like, where where are these coming from? And then obviously when when prisoners go back to the wings from a house block, you get rubbed down searches and yep. whatnot. You know, sometimes you know you were, you were sitting, yeah, hiding them, and especially these codes, these cards. You know, forty pound cards. You know, those boxes on them, so thousands of pounds, and they were sending them out to the families. You know, in letters yep. and you know and whatnot, or giving the codes over the phone, or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And so, <laughs> we got a will was away. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so we got around, and so yeah, and so a lot of people, as I say, got onto that kind of thing, and then whereas what happened was a lot of well, there was a certain member of staff, a lad that called Carl Byron. Um, now he started as a PCO with me on my wing, on B wing. Decent lad, funny, got on well with the, the prisoners and whatnot. Um, and at the time, when you, you tried to get your seniors badge, your red badge, it was very difficult, it yeah. didn't, didn't come up very often. He'd been there about eight months. He'd, yeah, and he'd gone for the, the actual seniors job. And he wasn't, a lot of people didn't like him. He thought he was a bit smarmy or whatever. So word got around that he was going for seniors and people were put out like, well, you shouldn't, you're not really allowed because the, the requirements were you'd have to be there two years before yeah. you, get, you go for your red badge. He'd been there eight months. So you shouldn't have had your application accepted at that time. Anyway, he got us accepted. Um, Campbell Martin accepted it. Um, so he got in that way. Long story short, he ended up getting his, his seniors because um, he could talk, he could talk well, um, and he was impressive on his interview from what I heard. He got a seniors job. I think he went on to E Wing, which was the induction wing at the time yep. as a senior. Um, was it still the best wing, that? Clean. The cleanest wing, yeah, because it's, you know, obviously you're getting, you know, lads aren't staying on there very long. You get your cleaners on there, you do know. You know, they look after yep. a lot of the stuff, make sure everywhere's clean and tidy. And you're basically just having the lads on there for a couple of days before you assign them a wing, whether they need a detox wing, whether they need to just go on. You know, at the time we were having, I think D2 was over 40s wing, thing like that. So, you, you know, over you, 40s. You, over 40s, yeah. Uh, or Cat D wing or, or, you know, a quiet wing, yeah. you know, you, so you do that. So, yeah, that was always a quiet wing. So, we went on there for a little short time didn't last long um, on there he got he got a final written warning for something I can't remember what it was something with a roll count I think got a final written warning with that and then I think he went on nights um, as a Oscar 2 um, which is basically your support for your Oscar 1 which is a senior's role um, and you, were, were they not the uh, the SEG SOs then you stabbed the senior officers when I were there, they'd have the Oscar one and the senior officer who on nights. It used to be Oscar two. Yeah, it used to be. But when they took all these staff off nights and replaced them with auxiliaries, that sort of changed. So they give a specific role for an Oscar one and Oscar two on nights. They're the shift managers. They're the shift managers. So Carl Byron went on to on to nights as an Oscar two, and he worked a lot with Dave Collins, a mate of mine, really good officer. Um, so we went on nights. It's not long after that, something happened. He he got. He did something with his overtime. He was fiddling his overtime. Something was wrong with it with a couple of shifts. He got investigated with that. He got another final written warning for that. So again, that's two final written warning on on his file. Then he went back on today's then. 
um, and he, he got a job, funnily enough, he got a job as the senior uh, security officer, um, which is just says what it is really, it's a senior officer in security, so we deal with all the paperwork, all the security information reports coming in. You do have a security manager in there, and then you have a head of operations who's above them. Managers in the private sector are like governors in the public sector. Sim similar in it, you yep. have uh, prison officers, senior officers, red badges, your Oscar ones, and then you've got your managers which are like governor sort yeah. of level, aren't they? Yeah. So Carl got himself in there as a security senior, networking up there, uh, and he's basically up there in the admin office. Um, now the admin office is where the, the top uh, managers are always in. They very rarely go down to the jail. Um, so that's where he was up there getting all the security information. Now security um, seniors, it's a, it's, a, it's a big job because you know, you've got to know who your prisoners are in your jail, you've got to know who's on your wing. You, you know, if somebody gets put down into segregation or CSU department, if they've received on a visit. CSU's care and separation unit, seg, block, whatever you want to call them, they start calling them care and separation units to get away from the stigma and the kudos. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's the reason they did yeah. it, isn't it? So you, you get a lot of your dynamic sort of security information from, from people that, you know, get caught receiving on visits. Um, they get took down to segregation, CSU departments. You know, and it's your job then is to try and get some information. You know, a lot of these lads go on visits and get, you know, bullied to go on there to receiving and that kind of thing. Yep. So you go down there and, you you know, you, you do what you need to do, speak to those people, see if they give you any information, see what's going on, you know, and you... you we don't like to use the word grasses or informants, but you'll have, you know, you'll have your informants around the jail who are telling you who's got what and, and whatever, standard in every jail. To um, them, right, I, I never worked in security. Um, obviously every prison has informants. They get, uh, I do know, um, in a lot of prisons, I, I got warned, somebody give me some information, yeah? So again, the SIR or IR security report, somebody says something to me, a prisoner, I put that report in, that good security, it gets all documented and filed. Some The, the security department had a go at me and said, uh, you're not a qualified handler, you shouldn't be dealing with this. I said, the guy has just told me something, I've handed it in. But at Forest Bank, did they have handlers? So, so, so a prisoner comes forward with information on the prisoner, he's got a phone, are they managed just by the security department. Depends on the on the level. It doesn't have to be that. As you go higher up within the security department, the highest is what we call a chiz. See, and you have to have special training for that. What's no. what's that stand for? Base, I can't remember what the acronym stands for now, but it's it's high level. Not many jails. I think Forest Bank towards the end started it, but it's such a minefield. You see, because it's basically a government thing where you have. Um, a prisoner who's willing to give information um, at such a high level, the information's that good. There's, there's a lot more of this now, isn't there? Yeah. Than there used to be. Yeah. Well, with regards to terrorism and that kind of thing. And that, is, is there any benefit to them prisoners uh, becoming informants? Yeah, it, there is. Um, with a cheers, because there's so many sort of, it's such so paperwork with regards to it and the levels are, if this prisoner, um, something happens to him only the governor it'll be in a safe so the, the, the file of this prisoner it won't be known nobody will know who the prisoner is he'll, right. have, a, he'll have a nickname or this is how, how it was well high security state obviously strange ways but that's how it was conducted it was all very much 
Yeah. You know, it was. Um, your hand. If you're a handler as, as a chiz, nobody will know. Nobody will know that you're handling a specific person. You'll know the person. You'll know him by name, uh, and you'll know. But you might call him something else. Um, the governor will have it in a safe, locked up. Nobody else will know. No other managers. Nothing. These are obviously very, very trusted positions, aren't they? Very trusted. You know, yeah. It's, it's training, and it's got to be the right prisoner as well. You just can't have it because they could have information. You're working with the police as well. It's not just within jails. You could be working. The information he could be giving you could have benefits to an outside. Did you have a police liaison in place? Yeah, there's always a police liaison officer. We had, we had several, but even he wouldn't know anything about that. It'd be it'd be on a higher level. Everything would be logged. Would be in you know between right. but that's at a high level because as i say a lot of stuff that there was one in particular that was a lot of the gang issues in manchester and a lot of that was cracked came from an informant within within jails so every jail will have that availability of having a chiz uh, it could be one prisoner you could have a few it all depends but that's that's at the highest level if you've just got a normal person informants then that could be anything he could be you if you work in seg yeah you knew you want he'll talk to you but he won't talk to anyone else yeah you could then relay it on to security they might not want to talk to security they might just want to talk to you so that's the security manager's job to say yep. right you deal with him or you know and, and that's your relationship you give me that information and then we'll go from there otherwise it could you know it could be a security security so it's, it's security a position manager. of integrity working in a security department in any jail into yeah yeah and it, it's difficult sometimes to get the you know you've got to find your ways of getting your information off a prisoner without them getting in trouble because if people know that you're obviously or suspect that you're giving information as a grass it's going to end in tears so you know you'd have you could have to be clever and say well i tell you what make up a visit or give them a pink slip you have to have a slip to to leave the wing for whatever reason so you could ring i could ring up to the to you on a, on d wing and say can you send blah 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 up to reception he's got a parcel or he's got cash uh, that he needs to sign for or i could meet him somewhere on the main street yeah. or i could bump into an education so you had to find places that you could get the information without you know putting that person in danger so Byron got the security um, job as a senior, but he wasn't he wasn't that great to be fair. Um, you know he wouldn't really know any of his prisoners. He wouldn't get the information, you know, off off you know the people that he needed to be really. So he wormed his way in there, and what he did, he used people really in a way because he'd get what he needed, he'd get promoted, and then he, you know he'd just crack on to the next thing, and he, he knew what he wanted. He was quite driven that way. So. At the time, I think Mick Higgins was a manager. Good manager. Good manager, good lad, Mick. We'll mention the good ones. Yeah, yeah. He was a security manager at the time, I think. Uh, Mick uh, Byron was his SO. And with Forest Bank, it's weird. They, someone does a good job in a certain position as a manager or whatever, then they'll decide to change it all up and then they'll move him to somewhere else, which defeats the... I don't know why they do it. So, do, so you know what? It, 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 they, they used to do that. It, it's like, it's ridiculous, isn't it? If, you, if you've got someone in a position who is doing a good job, especially like security manager, you're going to leave them there, aren't you? Of course, of course, because especially security. I mean, Tim, Tim, we know Tim White did it. Yeah, he, he was, was great. Manager, yeah. Paul Nash was, did it before him when I first started. Yeah, Everyone's different, manager. but you've got to... You know, as a security manager, you've got to make these difficult decisions. You'll, you'll get threats all the time because you're putting people on closed visits. You're transferring people. Um, you're getting the information off them. Um, 
So if your name at the end of it, if you send a letter to a prison and say, right, you don't close with it, your name's on the bottom. Yeah, you've got a lot paper. of responsibilities. So you? it's a difficult job. And as I say, knowing who's in your jail and, and, and knowing who's the risks and the gangs, and everything, you've got to be on top. It's it's not a job that you can just... Security managers can't give that job to anybody. You've got to have experience of jail, of being a manager at, at that level before you get... And then you can go to a security manager. It's a different level than just being a wing yeah, manager. Definitely. You need a lot more to your game than that. Um, and Mick had experience. He's been old course. Tim's been, been you know, years of experience. So then, I don't know what it was. I can't remember the dynamics of why the, the position of security manager came up. Uh, Campbell Martin was the operations manager. Um, so he was above everybody in in that respect. There was a something happened anyway. So do you have you have a number one, number two, yeah, number one governor, number two, and then is it like operations manager, head of ops, which is like your visits, yeah, uh, your security, uh, reception, yeah. Um, then you'll have. Um, then there's another layer of management under that. Yeah, and then there's you know head of residence, uh, which is under that, which you're responsible for your, the wings. Then, yeah. So you're, and then you've got your wing managers. So you're, you know, so you've got that sort of level. So there are there are structures. Head of ops is a big is a big thing because yeah, you know you're the head of, you you're in charge of the security manager. You're in charge of the dynamics of the jail. Really, Do you know what I mean, if anything happens, then yeah. it should really be on your watch. So a job came up for the security manager. Um, and there was, there was a few good candidates, um, a few good candidates, and names were in the hat. Um, and then the surprising thing that surprised everyone was Carl Byron went from security senior to security manager. Big step. Huge step. You know, it's regarding, you know, you're not, he's not done the Oscar one. He's not been a manager on a wing. And then he's got the top security manager job. So everyone was like, what's going on there? Um, how the hell's he got that job? Because he's not, he's not, he wasn't even a great officer, do you know what I mean? And then he's, yep. so he had friends in high places. How he got that job, I'll never know. He never should have got that job. Um, I know later on how he got, he got that job. Uh, for, that was from his relationship with the personnel manager at the time, uh, a woman called Paula Johnson. Um, she was, an outside, she'd come from outside somewhere, um, no jail experience, um, and she was another one. You know, she'd sit in with with, with interviews and, and, and that with, with jobs, and she'd be a decision maker for people getting these jobs. I've, I've never understood that with the private sector. I, I and I never will. How they they promote people from. I'm not saying there's not good managers, but they promote people from civilian positions into Sodexo do this yeah, into yeah, yeah. high positions in a prison where you need knowledge and experience so they'll take someone out of an office who has no experience in prison they, they just they're like an office worker that's not demeaning yeah, anyone yeah, no. who works in offices they're an office worker they don't know how prisons run they don't know prisoners or anything and they'll take them out of that office and they will give them head of residence somewhere in a prison yeah yeah, I mean, it, it didn't, it doesn't really, it, in Forest Bank, it never, they used to, like, go outside, you know, for, for managers' jobs, like like what you're saying. Where it got to the Forest Bank, they would just start employing whoever was better on the interview. Now, you know, you know what it's like, you could be great on an interview, you could, you know, you could blind someone with science for an hour and have the best 
the best interview you've ever had. It doesn't mean you're good at your job. It just means you're you know impressed on the you know on the yep. interview. Now Matt Spencer, who, who was the governor, um, Neil Pearson, the Dep, um, Paula Johnson. I think Campbell Martin may have been on the interview process. Anyway, he got the job. The whole jail just, just like what incredulous word of the day. Um, they couldn't, yeah, yeah, they couldn't, that they, earlier, didn't they, they couldn't believe it. <laughs> and it, so everyone was like, "What? What the heck's gone here? I can't." So I and I remember the next day, uh, Matt Spencer came down to the hub during med, uh, during medication as he did. Was he number one? He's the number one. He's the the one that wrecked the whole place. So he come down and he was like, hmm, Paul, you okay? I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. What's what's what going on today? And I was like, well, the usual, whatever, what we've got on, no normal day. How's everyone? How's the staff? So I just thought, oh, just, I was, they're all a bit shocked. Well, really. With these comments, right, number number ones I've met, good number ones, like I told you, they'll come around, they'll know what's happening, they will know what's happening in your department. We'll have specific conversations, not just general. You know, Richard Vince, I remember him, strange ways, he'd come on healthcare. With Samworth, how's it going? How's so-and-so, if you've got a problematic prisoner? How's this? You know, knew the work of the prison and was approachable and, and that sort of thing. Was he not like that? No, no, he was a complete idiot, to be fair. Uh, he, he had no knowledge of what was going on. He'd just walk around. You could tell him, he'd walk around, people would try and avoid him. If he, And it's not because they were f fearful of him. It was just because he was an absolute idiot. That, that you know, don't, that that's, that's it, not was, a good sign, is it? There's nothing, you know, he'd come down, he, he might know your name, you know, and say, look, you know, hello, Paul, you know. But, but it was just meaningless nothingness. He'd just talk, and it was just like, there was nothing coming out of the guy. There was no personality to him at all. So people would chew their arm off to get away from him because it was just like standing round and like, for fuck's sake, do you know what I mean? Go away. <laughs> so we come down and he said, how's, how's the staff, you know, the morale, how's it going? And this is a time that he, he he hadn't been there that long, but he'd been there long enough. Have you, you got know? sort of a time frame when this was about? Ish. I'd say it was probably, uh, it'd probably be about, what oh, the time going back now, what years? It's probably around 2016. Right, okay. Something around there, I'd say. Hey, were you Oscar but, then? You've been yeah, Oscar, Oscar for a long yeah, time. I was Oscar, then, yeah. yeah, I've been there a while. Um, so, I mean, and as I say, I've got no axe to grind with people getting promotions because I didn't go for the jobs, so it, it didn't bother me because I was happy with what I was doing. So he comes down and said, I, I was the troops. I was like, well, they're a bit shocked, to be honest with you, Martin. He's like, why? So, well, they're just wondering why, how Byron got that job. And he said, why don't you, don't you think he's up to it? And I was like, no. Because, you know... <laughs> He's not done the job. He's done the seniors job for six months, maybe on a wing, and that's it. You know, and he's he's been given this job, and they put a lot of noses out of joint. A lot of managers, experienced, good managers. Uh, a good friend of mine, Debbie Debbie Ashcroft. She was one of the she should have really been in a position to get that job, um, and she didn't. And it was just total total shock to everyone. Now, again, later and years later on, once I found out that Carl was actually having an affair with the personnel manager Paula. Um, and she obviously greased the wheels for him, put a good word in for him to get the job. Other than that, he, I can imagine his interview would would have been great. Uh, again, again, I'm, I'm going to interject. <laughs> if, if I was a governor or the dep of head of operations in any prison, yeah, um, security manager, we've already talked about that job. It's not like any other manager's job. You need, you do need experience. You need to know what you do. You need to be involved in stuff. I'd want a decent manager, mate, with experience. And 
as a number one, a number two, and an operations manager, uh, any bad feelings towards people aside, you'll know who the good managers are. Of course, and that's that's the weird thing because if you don't, if, if they don't know the perception of people and what the reputations are, and all they're going off is an hour interview, then it's it's wrong. Do you know what I mean? Because you should have a body of work. If you if you're working a long time, they should know what you've done. They should know where you've worked. You should know you worked in SEG. You know you worked in reception. Yeah. You know you've done you, you've done your rip around the jail. Yeah. He had none of that. You know, so a, a part it's just as much their fault for putting him in that position because he wasn't equipped to do it. I didn't know the levels of what he was sort of what he was doing up there. He was networking. He was mates with Campbell. They were best mates. You know, they'd get on. They'd have laughs. You know, and he'd tell jokes because he was a funny lad. Uh, you know, and he was in with Matt Spence. He was in with Neil Pearce, and the deputy he was really close to him. So he got in there just by being him. You know, and but he was doing a lot of things behind the scenes as well. So Carl got that job um, as security manager. Yeah. Um, and there we are with that. Now, I don't really know how to sort of go in, in, into what. So, long story short, I'd say 2018. What are we on now? 2018. 21 now, uh, aren't we? Probably, yeah, probably 2000. Yeah, summer 2017, maybe. Yep. Carl got arrested. Um, him and his colleague, Anthony Bradbury, who worked in security with him. Got uh, arrested away from the prison. Away from the. He just didn't turn up one day in work. Um, so, like, Where's, where is he today? Because I think he was meant to be Victor too, who was in charge of the jail at that day. Anyway, he didn't turn up. All right, well, okay, he must have been sick or something's happened or a family emergency or whatever. So next day I get a phone call um, from a mate, uh, Liam Brady, and he said, have you heard the news? I'm like, no, the Byron's been arrested. I was, I was like, fuck it, what for? Games, games and DVDs from the this workshop. This is the workshop. This is the workshop. Um, now, this had been going on. I knew Carl had been taking games and DVDs. A lot of people knew he was doing it. Now, for people who don't know my story as well, I a year later I got arrested for the same thing. Total idiot. Um, no one's to blame but myself. I, again, started taking games and DVDs uh, from the workshops. Started off as taking a couple out um, for my son um, and then it got to a stage that it was every other day it was when I was in it was easy um, and I was taking games in a bag home um, because it was it was it wasn't governed it wasn't governed so and it, that's not an excuse um, you know I was stupid um, I started taking games. Are they uh, brand new these games? Yeah, brand new in cellophane. Package? Package, yeah. Uh, anything that you can think of. Any games that you can, you know, Xbox, um, Playstations. So, um, cheap games like 30 quid, aren't they? Some of these games yeah, are 60 quid. Yeah, 60 quid. And then there was uh, DVDs, box sets, DVDs, Games of Thrones and all these things there. 60, 70 quid. And like an idiot, um, I just got greedy and stupid because I was doing my job every day as normal. Um, but at the end of the day, when I finished my shift and everyone would go home, I'd, I'd walk into the, the, the workshops and take games home. Uh, and then what I'd do, I'd, I'd sell them on eBay. Um, like, a, like an absolute fool. Um, and then there's, there's nothing I can say or, or give any justification to that. I was stupid, I'm, you know, and I'm, I look back now and think, what was I doing? Um, but I did. Um, you know, and I did it for a, probably a, about a year. 
18 months. Were, were these, was it, was these, were this workshop like busy then and stuff were coming in like, stock yeah, were coming it, in all the time? Every, every other day I think they were coming in. So um, it's not documented, so if you took no, a, if you took a box set, no one would know you. No, no one would know. Um, and that's, that's how easy it got. It started off with one and you were worried, oh, you know, is that going to get noticed? Is anyone going to notice that's gone? And then you realise nobody notices it's gone. So then you take two. Um, and then you realise, oh, this is easy money, and you know it's wrong. Um, you know, I look back and think, F -f 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 I don't know. Um, I can offer, you know, I can't apologise enough for doing it. Um, and what an idiot I was doing. Um, so I, I started taking games um, on a, every day when I was in, um, selling them on eBay. Um, so yeah, so I was doing that. Um, so a new car was doing it, and it got to that stage. I don't know why I even started doing it. I don't know if it was. I look back. Were, were you? You're, you're nothing to do with him. No. Are you no. Doing it on your no. Own? Yeah. Yeah. I, I had nothing to do with anybody. Um, I knew Carl. I, well, I had suspicions at first that he was doing it. Um, I'd see him down the workshop, so I'd see him round later on. See what what had happened. He, he was arranging like his own overtime to to search the workshops um, late at night after five o'clock. And he'd go down there and search. When he didn't need to do that, he had search teams to do that anyway. Yep. So I knew what he was doing. Um, he knew I was taking stuff. How did he know? I, he'd mentioned something about eBay, uh, about an account one day, um, and it got progressed from. He knew, and he, he made a comment. So then I, I said, "All right, yeah," uh, and he basically, "Yeah, no, don't worry about it." Um, you know, and I know what you're doing, kind of thing. But so I, he knew what you were up to. Yeah, but I knew he was. I knew he knew that I knew what he was doing. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So it was the kind of thing. I know what you're doing. You know what I'm doing. But I had nothing to do with him. You know, I wasn't a mate of his. I didn't talk to him outside the jail. Um, I, I, I will say this. Um, I told you we talked briefly about this before. That someone messaged me. I don't know. I do know the person. I, I don't. I don't know him as in they're on anonymous but they know me and and they've said that i do know them mm. that uh shit loads of people were doing it shit loads uh lots of people um not just yourself and this uh security manager he said it, it was just he said it, it was very easy and um when he got arrested off the jail was shit themselves. Yeah, it got to that stage because because Byron was doing it. He was. It just didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't just him doing what he was doing. He'd arranged sort of the whole department. Um, it was weird to, to explain. Say he had a security team, and their job is to search in the mornings. At yeah. half, you know, before before unlock, search during busy times of day where you know when they're not expecting it. Yeah. Um, and they do. Um, urine testing and, and, and things like that. They do a lot of work within the jail and you need them in the jail on, on the day, in a, you know, daytime. Yeah, he was organizing and he was getting permission off head of management to take all these staff off days to search during night times. When everyone's gone home to do searching, go into cells, go into cells and get some, whatever it is, mobiles, drugs. They were getting fined in mobiles, but mobiles were 10 a penny within the jail. There was, yeah. there was, not just that jail, every jail. Yeah, but there's, there's loads. There was no justification or, or there was no reason. It's never been done before in the history of Forest Bank to do that. I don't think it does now. It doesn't, doesn't do it now. 
because there was no need for it. It was like, why are you taking all the staff off days that we need it during the daytime when we're busy? Well, I will say, in, in high security skate, they might do targeted searches when yeah. you're dealing with cat uh, yeah. prisons yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like course, that. Yeah. However, you know, they, they have their own search teams there. They're not not part yeah. of normal staffing. Yeah, so. and, and, you know, we've had to, we've had we've all had lockdowns before when it was police yeah. intelligence yeah. and we said, right, we need to lock this window down. There's a phone with some evidence on there. Yeah. We need to get it. Fine, not a problem, not an issue with that. But he was manipulating the management structure for his own gains to get staff on nights. He was even driving his own cars in to the sterile area on nights so we could go around go around the workshops at nights while the staff are searching filling his car up and taking it home i don't know i don't know for sure he was doing that but i've got a pretty good idea that yeah. that's what he was if, doing because there's no no other reason for it no you can you park your cars outside don't you exactly you know especially at night state i mean so he had that when when he started searching on days there was an idea of right we'll, we'll drive in in, in the morning because staff know if, if you if you're bringing drugs in staff know what cars people drive so if you see your car there you might be a staff search this morning so i get that on during days but there was no need for it on nights um so he was manipulating that so i always had i was always under the impression that he wasn't doing it alone with regards to what he was doing he was had someone with him whether that be well i i'm 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 trying to Sort sort of think of this now, you know, in a prison environment, you know, if I was a manager, uh, it'd be unusual, wouldn't it, if you saw a manager going somewhere or, or with a rucksack or yeah, do, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Not... Well, that's it. And as I'm saying, he he had like a little uh, had a little stash area. It was like down the back of a staircase. Whereas um, did everyone know this? Not everyone. Were people a lot of talking people. about yeah, this yeah, workshop yeah. in the jail? Oh yeah, because yeah. it. Any any yeah. prison are they alive, aren't they? They're just like a soap. Yeah. There's just gossip going on, affairs, people up to this, people up to that, and it's... oh yeah, people can't hold their own piss. But the prison officers are worse than anyone. Any jail, I mean? this. Any, yeah. any jail. Yeah, you can't. They can't. Can't keep a secret or, or whatever. So it was pretty well, you know. And people would make jokes. I've been down the workshops and some games there and, and whatnot. See, I knew what I was doing. I didn't know what anyone else was doing. I knew what Byron was doing, but apart from that. I didn't know what you know who else yeah you know you see people like you say come in with bags and never been in the gym in their life yeah but, pff, nothing to do with me you know Did you just keep yourself to yourself really on that front yeah totally so nobody knew what what i was doing no what nobody knew apart from byron um i think anyway um because when the shit hit the fan uh, and i got arrested then people were like from what i can make out people were like i didn't even didn't even think you know and, it, and it's it's I'm, you look back and it was the worst way, obviously, to, to leave the jail, how I did. Um, you know, and it, because I didn't get the chance to say goodbye to a lot of people that, you know, were colleagues and friends. Um, so, yeah, so Byron was doing that. Um, and it was affecting the jail because the lack of staff during days and whatnot, he was manipulating it. And he was pulling so many strings behind the scenes with regards to... Um, he was letting things go security-wise because all he was doing was concentrating on his games and his workshops and getting what he could out of that every day and going home. And this is what a lot of it I'm learning later on, you know, after after the fact. After the fact, yeah. Um, so yeah, so we used to put a lot of strings and he was he was behind the scenes as well. He was manipulating a lot of people and he was bullying people um, to help him doing what he was doing, um, turning a blind eye to it. Um, now, Sonia Rebs, who I spoke about in the last one, um, that she was 
basically one of the, the architects of the whole downfall of, of the jail and how bad it got with her bullying and her um, way of dealing with people. Um, she was made aware of what he was doing previous to his arrest uh, and nothing got done about it. Um, just let's let's just sp explain about SIRs and the security department. SIR, security information report, IR, yeah. You put them in, um, all them should be documented and logged, shouldn't it? Yeah. So if I if I'm working at Forest Bank and I think something's happening or I put something in, I'm putting that in in good faith that my SIR will get logged on a system somewhere. You know, a strange way you used to get acknowledged, you get an acknowledgement that, yeah. that you'd put one in. Um, and people who were sensible started doing them online and keeping a, a copy as well. When it started SIRs, it was on paper form. So I used to, you know, and any incident that happened, you had to have an SIR with it yeah. as well. So that was all logged. Then you had SIRs that you didn't want people to see. Whereas if you were working with someone and you saw something that wasn't quite right, that yep. you saw someone, an officer coming out of cell, or you think they're having an inappropriate or too getting cl too close to somebody, yep. so you, you want to report that to the higher ups. Now, whether that, it might be a case if you don't think they're, they're doing anything, but they need to be aware of maybe they need to move wings or you need to to move a prisoner yeah, of course you or do. whatever. It may be a way of helping your you know your teammate, your staff without having to broach the idea of saying, look, you need to be a bit careful here, I've noticed this. You, you might not want to say that to them. So the SIRs go up to security and they're logged every day. And one of the managers, whoever's on shift or the security manager will log them and we'll look through them. As it got more, you know, technology and all that, it all got put on a computer system. Yeah. So you didn't have that uh, because no one wants to see your SIRs lying about and reading them and saying, you just grasped me, you know, yeah. you just kind of grasped me up. Apart from that, as well as them SIRs, you had, higher level of anti-corruption within staff um, uh, Carl Byron was head of that of anti-corruption within staff so he was getting all the SIRs information. information of suspected staff who were doing things that you shouldn't have been doing he had control of the SIRs the computer system a lot of SIRs were going missing from you know information coming in regarding him uh, and other people so he had it all pretty much his own little network lock, locked in and the thing with it i can't believe how it was he was let to get to that level now oh, whether or not well the, the the senior managers knew about it whether they were in on it or whether they were just oblivious to it they're the three options now if they're in on it Fair enough, they were in on it. I can, I can, that'll give me some explanation to say, well, yeah, this because is, this is th how that, it, that was how it was. Because yeah. I can't believe they were that stupid to let that happen no. or naive. The second one was if they didn't know, you know, they were oblivious to it. If that's if that's the case, then it's it possibly even worse because they're that stupid that they'd let that happen. Yeah, um, and it was we're talking over a period of years um, and this now. When all this, when Byron got arrested, this all happened under certain managers, Sonia Ebbs. This happened under Matt Spencer's reign. This happened under um, Neil Pearson. Not one of them got took to account. They were their managers. Obviously, I got arrested. At the end of the day, number one is ultimately responsible for everything yeah. all the way down. You yeah. know, if it's your jail, whatever's happening in, you know, death's in custody or something, it all comes to your door. 
And, and this was, you, you know, nothing, they were not held accountable to any of this. If that was me and I was looking at Sodexo, that's it, it's, it's all across Manchester Evening News. It's made all social media. If I'm head, if I'm big wig in Sodexo, I'm saying, how the hell's that happened? How has that happened? You know, how have they let that under your watch? Because as I say, people talk, people knew, or people suspected um, of what was going on. Yeah. So it's either one or the other. They're either in on it or they were just absolutely oblivious. Just a point you you said when you got arrested and that. Um, well, talk about that because you you didn't talk about anyone else, did you? No. Well, when buying arrested in the summer, see, I thought first thing I thought. Now Carl had already stitched a few people up um, when he was in the management role. Um, he got people demoted um, because he thought they knew about him he got them demoted on the strength of a relationship with the personnel manager um, I know that for a fact um, I know for a fact that Sodexo were made aware of the situation because something got posted on social media yep. um, and Sodexo knew um, and they made provisions to make sure that information didn't get out and I can't really say much more than that. No, that's fair. Um, fair news. The people yeah, yeah. we're talking about are decent people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that 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 happened. So they were aware of something, Sodexo. So they're not, they're not, they weren't oblivious to that. They knew something was going on. So he was stitching people up. He was bullying people uh, in the background. Um. So yeah. So we got arrested because information came to the police of what he actually was doing, um, by an ex-member of staff. Um. So he got arrested that day. Now, from that day on, I think, for, obviously the rumours were going around. There was rumours of fire and I put a list in about so many people. Because I knew he had a he had list of eBay accounts of people, people that worked there. He had names and what, it was just his sort of, you know, fallout. You know, if, if he had it's something like, to fall back on. Yeah, exactly. It, it was like a puppet master, he knew he had an out. Um, so I knew, he knew what I was doing. So I, for that first six months, I'd come into work every day thinking, looking over my shoulder, thinking I'm going to get a knock on the door. Did you still do your job to the best of your ability? Yeah, yeah. It, it, to, to be honest, I, for the first month, I was a bit ratty. Do you know what I mean? Ratty. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was short-tempered. Yeah. And staff had picked up on it, and they were like, Albo, you, you all right? And then people, Mick and a couple of people who knew me were like, you all right, you? I'm like, yeah, 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 just, you know, I'm pissed off with work, you know, I've got no staff. And I put it down to that, but it wasn't. It was just me thinking, looking over my shoulder all the time. Um, and I was, and, and people did mention it, and they you know, because normally I'm quite a happy-go-lucky lad, you know what I mean? I'll have a laugh and a joke. I never used to really get lose my temper or anything. I'd see my ass. don't get me wrong, you know, days and something happened there, I'd see my bum or whatever, but normally I'd be all right, you know, I'd have a laugh and a giggle and whatnot. So, but I did my job, yeah. And I know it sounds, people will go, well, you were, you were bent. And I know it's, people can have that opinion and that's fine, that's, everyone's entitled to that. I was never, and I never would ever do anything like that with drugs or bring things in. All I did, and it's, it's not all I did, I'm just I'm trying to make I, light I know of it, what you're saying, I know what I you're saying. I took DVDs and games out and sold them, that's what I did. And, and shit loads of people did as well. Yeah, but that's, that's, yeah, right no, account, that's no excuse, you know, no. I, I did what I did and I'm, you know, I've got no, I can't, you know, make any explanations or blame anyone else. What I did was absolutely stupid and I've ruined my life over it. Um, so yeah, so but yeah, I did. I come in and did my job, like I did normally, n not an issue. And after about a few months, it all died down. Um, but the rumours were going round. You always threw a load of names in, ex ex persons on it, you're on it. 
So, but then after a while it calmed down. But then every time he made a court appearance, it come up again. Ooh, you know, so it was a, a yeah. bit like that. Um, so yeah, it died down um, and whatnot. Um, and then one day I was on shift, normal day, doing what I was doing, uh, just ready to discharge an escort in reception. Uh, and a girl, Debbie Ingham, who was the security, she was the new security SO. Yeah. I'd worked with Debbie for years on B Wing. She was a PCO man, great officer, great girl. She said, "Listen, you need to come with me." So I was like, "All right, okay." And I knew from her face um, what was what was up. How long is this after he was arrested? A year. A year. A year. Yeah. Um, it was more than a year. He got arrested, I think, in June or July. Because the day he got arrested, I was going to my mate's dad's funeral. I always remember it because my head fell off. Because <laughs> I was going there, and I, and I knew my mate's dad well anyway, George. And so I was, and I, but I couldn't think of anything else when I was at this funeral. I was thinking, oh shit, man. you know, I yeah. got home because I was yeah. living in Manchester with my girlfriend at the time. I got home and I was, and she didn't know anything. She she wasn't aware of I was taking games or whatever. Yeah. So I had that on my conscience. I was thinking, for fuck's sake, I'm gonna get a knock on the door here. My relationship's gonna go. I'm gonna fucking thrown out the house and we're not gonna have a job and so this was all like in the back of my mind while i was trying to do my job so the august the end of august i think it was yeah debbie so you need to come up so i knew from her face so she said i think it's something to do with the byron byron thing because obviously the police were up there i didn't know that at the time um so i said right okay called howard we made giving me keys and cuffs and basically said i'm going upstairs maybe walked off I didn't know it was police involvement, I just thought I'd be walked off. Yeah. Um, so he was like, right, okay. And that was it. I, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to anyone. Um, got took up to the, the security office, or one of the rooms, conference rooms off there. Sonia, loving it. Uh, right, yeah, come in here for me. Then there was two uh, police officers there. Said we're investigating the car buyer and, uh, investigation. Uh, we believe you're involved uh, with the theft of, of games. So I was like, right, okay. Obviously, never been arrested before. Uh, okay, so you're sort of trying to take stock of what's going on. And he said, we're just waiting for your two mates. So I was like, fucking hell, who's this going to be? Because I didn't know who was doing what. You so were just I, doing it on your own. Yeah, so I had in my head, I was thinking, who's going to come through this fucking door now? So anyway, next minute, uh, Paul Hewitt and Aidan Bly, who worked in the security team, they came in and obviously got told the same thing. Uh, they were shocked. Um, so yeah, so it's so, alright, you come into, it's coming to the, the police station, answer some questions. So okay, give me a badge over, uh, give me keys over. Um, they said to us, you know, we don't need to cuff you, do we? I was like, no, of course you don't. So where I thought we were going to be walked through into the, the vehicle lock, yep. put into the police cars and gone. But no, Sonia made a point of, during main movements, I think it was as well, she made a point of having the police vans in a sterile area. Um, loads of prisoners walking about, loads of staff walking about. I go in one van in front of everyone, cuffed, eh, not cuffed, sorry, in the back of the van. Paul and Aiden get together, get put in the other van, separate. Uh, they were in that van, and I was in that van. Um, and then I was took to the police station. Um, so obviously, your mind's going. Can't even imagine, mate. Well, no, obviously, you're in there, you're an ex prison officer, you're in your uniform. You know, you knew you want to tell, you know, because my partner worked in the jail, still works in it. She, she, she's not my partner now, but she worked in the jail, so I needed to tell her, look, kind of thing. So you just want to, you just want to get home um, and explain. So I got put in a holding cell, um, 
you know, took your belt off you, take your laces off you, yep. all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I got brought in to question him. Um, the officer was, was 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 a nice fella. Um, asked if I wanted a legal representative, which I did. I got a one of the you know legal aid, legal yeah. aid. lady Jane. She was she was lovely. Give me the information. Um, this is what you've been arrested for. This is what the information you've got. Uh, it was my bank account um, of money that had gone in from yeah. eBay, PayPal. Um, there was a company called CXX, CX, which is a game shop, um, which I was taking games and selling yep. them online. Um, so that records, you know, were, were in my bank. So there was no way I could argue that fucking that this money had come from anywhere else, but from a workshop within the jail. So she advised me. Obviously, I had no dealings with the law before. So I, I said, you know, what, what, what do you suggest? And obviously her first words, well, in a custodial sentence. And Carl hadn't been, Carl hadn't been sent to jail, Byron. He hadn't been, um, had a court case yet. So I didn't know what he was going to get. Yeah, you didn't know what you were what, expecting. Yeah, I didn't know what I was expecting. So when she said custodial sentence and, you know, you've got a son, do you want to get home quicker? And it's as stupid as it sounds, I'd had this for a year hanging over me. It was like a relief kind of thing to tell, to tell them. See, I thought I'd got away with it and I'd ne never took a game again and I just cracked on with my life. Um, so I thought I'd got away with it, but one, it was there and it's black and white and, and, you know, there's where the money, can you explain this? It was like, I can't. And so she basically said, listen, if you, if you tell them everything, that's going to be a third off your sentence straight away. So that's a third of the time you're going to get home to your son quicker. So that was all I was thinking of, really. And I just wanted... And you already made your mind up, you chucking your hands in anyway. As soon as I got... Yeah, as soon as... Yeah, as soon as you... Because... You can't, how can you say you lie? They already knew Byron anyway had been arrested a year yeah. earlier. He knew there was evidence. I didn't know what evidence they had at that time. I just knew that was my bank account. So they knew that he was doing it. He went not guilty originally, um, from what I, from what I remember, um, because he was saying the games he got from. Well, I don't know how he explained where he got these games from. Yeah. You know, you've got your eBay account and you can see how much you've sold. Where have you got twenty FIFA twenty ones from? You know, yeah. all they have to do is take a picture of the workshop to the jury and say. This is a workshop. This is where he worked. These are how much he sold. Explain where else you got them. You can't. Yeah. How no, you got, you no, know. Can't. I'm not daft. I'm not stupid. I've got some level of intelligence. Maybe not the best, but so I was. Yeah, I was adamant. So yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll tell them. So got in the police officer was right. Can you explain? And I told him. Just basically told them everything. Said this is what I did. <clears throat> I was taking games out. Um, I was going to, to shops around Liverpool. On my day off, I'd go to different shops, you know, because I didn't want to go to the same shop. Yep. Um, I was selling them online, eBay through my mum. It was my mum's eBay account. She didn't know anything about it because she, she's an old lady, like, so I just used an eBay account, set it up in her name. Um, so, yeah, so I admitted everything. I said, this is what I've done. I said, I, I, said, I was stupid. Uh, so then they asked me about Byron. Did you know about Byron? I said, well, yeah, uh, I knew about what he was doing, explained everything. And then you were asking me about other people, you know, who was involved. Because obviously Paul and Aiden were, were in the other cell. Yep. And I didn't know what Aiden and Paul were doing. You know, I, I said, I said, I honestly don't know. I said, I can't speak. I don't know what everyone else was doing. I, I can't give you any names who else was doing it. Because yep. I honestly don't know. Um, I could have suspicions like anyone, like you said. People walk around with a bag. They've never been to the gym. Yep. But, but other than that, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't say any names. I said, I just, all I can do is tell you what I did. Um, and yeah, so I was in there for a couple of hours. 
I mean, the police were on the way to my old address where I lived on the Wirral to search yeah. the house uh, where Archie's mum lived. I'd moved back in and I'd not been there for a couple of years. So they had to stop them, the police officers, to go. Trying to search my house a year after the event anyway. I didn't have anything there, there was no yeah. games. So then they went round to where I was living, to my girlfriend's house. Um, and they were great with her and he said, listen, he's made a mistake, he's admitted everything. Um, try not to be too hard on them kind of thing. And they were great with me, you know, they said, listen, it's not the worst crime in the world for them. You know, it's still bad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you've not killed anyone. You've, you've just you've took games and whatever. Try not to be too hard on yourself. You've made the mistake people do. Um, so that was that. So they were happy. They were they were happy with me. They were give me explanation. They were happy with everything I said. It all worked. It all made sense in context to the game shops I've been in around the area. Because they were yeah. like, well, you must have gone to. You've been to Bolton. You've been to Oldham. I was like, yeah, but I just went round. You know, wasn't no one else was doing it for me. I wasn't in conjunction with anyone. That's what I just did. You know, to to, to move it round. So yeah, so that was it then. Um, I spent the best part of the day. I think I got out about four. Four or five, um, they kick you out. <laughs> they take your phone off you, yeah. so because obviously they're going to check for phone yeah, records yeah. and all that, and to make sure I wasn't involved with anyone else, um, which was fine. Nothing came back with that. Um, so you get through out on the street and in the middle of I don't know, Salford, Swinton, Swinton Police Station, in my uniform with my boots, yeah. no laces in. My world's ended. Do you know what I mean? I've got no job. Well, I knew what was coming with that. I, I can imagine the worst thing was having to tell people, like your loved ones, and that. Yeah, well, I had to go home. Um, I didn't have, I didn't have my bank card or anything. They'd seized my car. They took my car off from from the garage, from the car parking work. So I didn't have a car to get home. So I had to. They they phoned my partner uh, and explained, can, "Is he all right to come home?" Because I didn't know if I, she'd want me there. Yeah. So she was like, "Yeah, come home," kind of thing. So I went home, explained everything to her. Obviously, she she wasn't happy um, with me. Um, so yeah, so that was that. And then you, you know you've got to try and think, what well, fucking hell, what am I going to do now? Um, apart from the obviously worry of jail, um, my son trying to explain that because he was like he would have been probably about eight at the time. Yeah. Uh, my parents, um, and then trying and you know there's going to be a long road ahead now. What am I going to do with, for a job? How am I going to pay for a solicitor? Is my partner gonna to want to stay with me? If not, where am I gonna fucking go? Where's Shit street that mate. Totally, but again, my fault. Um, yeah, so Paul and, and Aiden um, didn't get out of the police station later on, from what I later learned, until about 12, um, because I think they w w made no comments, you know, on theirs, because yeah. I think they, they needed to work it out in their heads what they wanted to say yeah. um, and whatever and tell their, their loved ones. I just, just straight away just told them. Um, so yeah, and then I didn't hear, didn't hear from the police for a year after that. Not one phone call, I didn't know if I was getting charged, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Um, now, in that meantime, Byron had, had been saying... A year? A year. So it was a year from him getting arrested. Yeah. That's a long time now, isn't it, to do an Horrendous. Horrendous because your life's uh, on a standstill. And then um, I was working, I got a job with, with me partner, ex-partner now. Uh, dad, he gave me a job in, in, um, in like a like a, a factory um, doing work, which I was shit at. I was useless at it. I was working on nights. Um, 
and things and I, I was being I was insecure I was I was you know I was um, worried about losing my girlfriend and I was arguing with her and being being an idiot so she split up with me um, so I had to move back um, to the Wirral bin bag you know for clothes in a bin bag yeah back to my mum's so I'd lost I'd lost literally everything um, and I was really at a low a low point but I couldn't move on because I still had still hadn't I didn't know what was going on with with regards to me if I was going to jail if I wasn't yeah um, and you can't move on with your life I couldn't get because I didn't I, I was on legal aid for the solicitor um, I was doing menial jobs I ended up working in a child's nursery for really? six months yeah a friend of my mum's she needed help so I'd gone from working with you know the worst of the worst dealing with lads and then I was you know changing nappies and singing nursery rhymes really yeah look back now and it was grim not 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 grim no 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 I know what you mean I know what you mean it was such a come down from what from what I did yeah you know and the looks you'd get from the dads when you were picking them up and you're thinking who's this guy and then you're taking them for walks and then you've got four three-year-olds and I've got these bands on and I'm walking them down the street take them to the park <laughs> and then cars are driving so past prison going. prepared you for that then prison prepared me yeah so yeah I'd gone from that to changing nappies and singing songs so it was it was a hard time um, and with not knowing you know what was going on uh, in the meantime Carl had been sentenced he got two years four months um, Anthony who is who, his colleague uh, and I feel sorry for Anthony a bit because he got he was brought under Byron's wing and he, he just got lured in so he didn't know any better he didn't do, he when he started he was an auxiliary yeah then he got put straight into the security team so Byron kind of used him for his own means um, so he got I think he got just under two years because on their phone records of their phone they were bragging saying oh we're the best thieves in Forest Bank we're doing this we're doing that and that all come about plus he went not guilty as well originally and then changed yep. his plea um, yeah, so I had that. So it was a long time. So from the from the actual him getting arrested, then me getting arrested, that was a year. Um, a lot of change in my life with regards to moving back to the Wirral. Yeah. Uh, didn't know like I got a couple of people had been in contact with me from work, good friends. You know, they they looked past what I did, and you know they were looking out for me and whatnot. So I was still in contact with a few people, but apart from that, I didn't know anyone around the Wirral because I would not worked, You know, yep. not been there for a long time. Um, it was a case of what you know, what's happening. You know, am I getting, a, am I getting charged or am I not? Um, and then about a year, a year later, then I, I actually got charged with the offence, which was theft. I can't, I can't uh, believe they didn't charge you at the time if you've gone guilty on it. I don't know. And they got evidence. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wanted. They were sort of dealing with us together, me and Paul and Aidan, but. We weren't, although we worked in the same place. I did what I did, they what they did yeah, what they did. Not to do that. But it wasn't like we were in it together kind of thing. Yeah. But I think they were putting it as one joint venture or dealing with us all the same yeah. for whatever did, did, reason. Did them guys go not guilty at first? I think, I don't know if they went not guilty or they just made no comments. Because if they, sure. if they obviously yeah, no, told the handing and yeah. they're putting you together, then that's going to yeah. delay your... Well, yeah, it did. And Because when we went to, we were originally got... Um, we went to court, I think, in the December, but that was just a preliminary thing, just to plead. Um, I think they were not guilty originally because I got a third off mine, but they got a quarter taken that, off. That's why I yours think. will have been put off if they put you in together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was, that was just hard because you can't move on with your life. I can't find a place to live 
because I was like my mum's or living on her couch, which yeah. I still am. Um, because I can't move on because if I get a place and then I've got a court date and then I get sentenced, then who's going to look after my stuff or who's going to clear yeah. the flat? So I couldn't do anything like that. Um, so I went to court in December. December got, when? That's uh, what we're talking now. December 2000 and I got arrested in 2018. So it would have been 2019. Yeah. Then I got put back to the February. They yep. got adjourned to February, which I thought would be for sentencing. So took my bag, took everything with me. Yeah. And obviously you've got your worry of, I had the worry of my son because Archie didn't know anything about this and his mum didn't want me to tell him anything. Yeah. Because there's a chance I might get a suspended sentence. Very slim chance, but there's a chance. So yep. he's a very sensitive lad, so I didn't want him worrying about that or she didn't want him worrying. Which was good in hindsight because in February happened, I took all my bag, ready to go. Um, he got adjourned again because the judge didn't know anything about Byron so he didn't want a sentence he didn't want a sentence because he didn't know anything he wanted to give a fair indication yeah. so we got adjourned from February then to September of that year so again that's another seven months of not being able to move on or put plans in place of getting a decent job I was doing crappy menial I was working for the shop fitters company and which was minimum well, wage. Well, fair do you were working. Yeah, a lot yeah. Of people well, that are just like yeah. Um, so I was doing that, and and then it got a journey again until September. So I'm thinking, right, defo gonna go, you know, steal into it, and then obviously you're gonna be an officer going into jail, which isn't gonna be the best. Yeah. So you're worrying about that and, and what goes with that, um, and then got a journey again. Uh, I think another two times. I think so. All these times you, you go in with your bag, expecting to get sentenced, not getting sentenced going home again I'm thinking I just want I just wanted it in, in the February when I first went I wanted it I wanted it yeah yeah of course I you said, do deal with me on my own I said I've got nothing to do with them I, I, I pleaded guilty just let me do it get it out the way do me jail if I'm going to jail do it I just want it out the way you know because we were talking three years after the actual offence so it's three years of your life that's on hold yeah which is I understand that, and COVID as well came along, so obviously... Now, I tell you what, yeah. it's these cases now that... Yeah, so it just kept getting put back to that, which I understand, but it doesn't... Well, you're part of that, aren't you, lockdown and that? Yeah, 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 of course. Um, so, yeah, so it, it came to that stage, and it was it's just, you know, for me, I, I was proper down all about it, um, because it was just never-ending. Um, and obviously, you know, you come to, you know, you're at that age, and 40-odd, and I was like, what am I going to do now? For a, for a life or a career, they've got fucking literally nothing because obviously they, they closed my bank account, closed it, just sit one day, just took my card. Um, so I had not had pennies to my name, do you know what I mean? Um, because obviously I took a lot of money from, from the games and, and, and I had that, a life of having a few quid, not like millions of pounds, but you know, you had money in your pocket, you know what I mean? And if they'd have froze my bank account when he got arrested, there was money in there they could have took. Um, I had nothing, um, and then obviously I lost my job. I split up with my partner, moved. So I didn't have a job. I didn't have. A, I didn't have any money. Didn't have a place to live. Um, so you know, you think the worst. You think, what's the point? I mean, I may as well just end. You know, did you have drunk. them thoughts? A little bit, yeah. A little bit, I did. Um, I thought, you know, it's embarrassing for me for Archie. Um, you know, disappointed him. Um, disappointed all my friends that you know because I, you know, the job I, I did love my job. And I looked, I looked at a lot of the people that worked there, and I understand the frustration when I left, and it was a shock for them, uh, because I'd brought shame on on them really, and they get a lot of bad 
bad press enough from the MEN and, and for stuff that, that, that you know does go on, don't get me wrong. But a lot of the staff are good staff and good people. So I understand that they didn't want anything to do with me and, and you know, I understand that. Um, but I did have them thoughts and I, I, I don't want to particularly have that many friends. So, But I had my son. So, you know, you're fleeting thoughts and you think, oh, well, I may as well just jump in front of a train, you know, because what am I going to do once I get out of jail? I'm going to be... Um, so, yeah, you have a bit of those thoughts. Um, and then after a while, obviously, your relationship breaking down, which because I was I was dead happy. Do you know what I mean? I was I was living in Manchester, loved living in Middles, Oldham, loved living there. Um, had a good relationship. I, I was dead happy. The kids were, were good. I actually loved coming up to Manchester, seeing all his friends up there. So that was that as well. It was not just the, the losing your job. See really people, mean. people. Um, when you see people talking about going to prison, they they don't talk about this stuff. You know, they talk about prison when I were in prison. They, they're not telling you effect on family and that and other things you know what i mean and when you've got you know you've got your son and stuff like that yeah yeah it is it's it's hard you know and and obviously i knew what we're going to expect because i've been you know i've worked in there for 15 years so i knew what to expect with regards to regimes i knew what i was going to get i knew what was allowed and, and all that and and stuff like that but you don't know what you're going to get on the other side because you're on the other side of the door the staff aren't going to want to know you because you're, in their eyes, bent staff, which I get, not a problem. I understand that. The prisoners will, are not going to want to know you if they find out that you're an ex-prison officer. Yep. You know, I've, I've seen what happens in jails. I've seen how, it, how easy it is for someone to pay somebody to do something. Yep. So you've got that on your mind. And it's not being a shitbag, but you've got to think, I've seen, I've seen people die in jail. I've, I've dealt with it. You know, people, you know, sometimes they just get beaten up they don't mean to kill someone but it happens i've seen it first hand so sadly yeah i've seen people get you know stabbed i've seen the worst of the worst so you can't just say oh you know i'm dead hard and I've, oh, i'll take it you, you know you, you, i was shitting myself in a way when when did you get sentenced february of this year february um, of this year yeah so it was, it was three years yeah and um, after being arrested so um, how long did you get i got 15 months See, when we turned up, it was like, are we going to get... Because you, I was hoping for a suspended sentence. Although Byron had got two and a bit years. Yeah. Um, he did a lot of that. He'd only done two weeks, three weeks in Leeds. And then went to an open, open catty. Yeah. This is the kind of lad he is. He got caught with a phone, even in jail. Um, so I, I was hoping for a suspended. That was a slim chance. You know, I, I spoke to my patient person once and she interviewed me she even put me a fail she thought I was suffering from post-traumatic stress syndrome from being working in the jail and, and all that, and, and that kind of thing so I got, I got a good, good report and I've never been in trouble and and whatnot but the judge you think the judge is going to know something about you when you get, actually get to the court they're going to have know your career and say well he was all right he, he's took games and DVDs but 15 years as a prison officer never put a foot wrong I've got a good career done a lot of good service I've never been in trouble before, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he didn't really know anything. He turned up on the day. Um, and he looks at you and you, he basically tells you, you know, you're getting a custodial sentence. So I was there with Paul. I, it was only me and Paul that, uh, Aidan, the other lad, his has been adjourned again because um, his wife was charged with, with something with regards to money. So it was only the two of us. So Paul and me were there. And I didn't really know Paul, even when I worked with him. Yeah. Um, 
he was just a colleague. Yeah, yeah. Alright, bullshit and all that, have a good laugh. Done done you know, we've had incidents together, we've laughed about it, we you know, we've done stuff, he would work in the security team. Always had a good lad, but I didn't have a relationship with him. It was only obviously when we got arrested about a year later I phoned I got his number and said, Have you heard anything? Because I haven't. He was like, No, I heard anything. So we started talking after that, like when we met each other and we kept going to court and whatnot. Um, so we got a bit of a relationship and that, and his partner and stuff. Um, so yeah, so that on the day we, we got there in February and it was like, right, you're getting a custodial sentence. So I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. I, was, I went on my own because no one to go with me, like, so, okay, because I hadn't told Archie or whatever. I wrote him a letter and his mum was going to tell him if the worst case scenario. Yep. So it was like, right. So the judge was like, well, you robbed from the Queen, basically. That was the kind of thing. He was like, right, you Albertson, you robbed from the Queen. You're in a position of trust. I, and I get that. I was in a position of trust, you know, and he was saying, well, how can a prisoner come to you for advice? Uh, or how can a member of staff come to you for advice when you're stealing games? So it was that, that kind of slant, which you can't argue in that sort of that side of it. But... It never affected my job. I was always a good officer, and I, I, people could always come well, to I me. I know that. I know that. So, so that, so it, that, 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 that was the kind of the way that the judge looked at it. Uh, he, he said, "Look, you've, you can, you went not guilty straight away, commendable." And then I think Paul, because he didn't go guilty straight away, he was like, "Well, why did you not go guilty?" And when Albertson's already gone, you should have done what he did. You know, blah 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 blah. Um, and then you just wait, and then so then. Because it comes under, because there's so much money, it comes under. It hits a, it hits a, a bracket. If it's over so much, yeah. that impacts on you how much, how long you're on gonna the get. Sentence, yeah. So they were trying to put us both in as one, the judge, and it was like, well, we'll no, we're, we're separate. He, I did what I, he did. I, I did what I did. Because if we'd have put us together, it would have hit a bracket, and yeah. then we would have got longer together, yeah. which wasn't the case because we had nothing to do with each other. So we come back out, went back down, come back out. We're thinking we're gonna get slammed here because Carl got two in a bit. We're thinking we're gonna get that or more. Um, so basically, give us the same amount of time. Give us fifteen months each. Um, so I was quite happy to serve. What did you have to serve? Well, seven and a half. But then obviously you get your tag. So I only served for four and a bit month. So and then the reality hits. Then you know you get walked down down into the cells and the geo vans you know they're the yeah. same ones the staff on the vans are the same ones you've seen coming into yeah, forest Park all yeah. the time so then you, you look at and you recognize the face and they ask if you're all right so you, yeah okay so you're in your cell then so you're getting sentenced and you, you think oh, okay now here's where it all did you know where you were going we knew we were going to walton yeah yeah we knew you'd go to walton hmp liverpool guys yeah because obviously we had friends um and paul's partner um Still works in Forest Bank, and so um, yeah, we knew we were going to go to Walton's Block as soon as we, as soon as we, we were getting sentenced. Um, so we get put in a sweat box, and then we drive the drive to to, to HMP Liverpool. Uh, so did you go through normal reception? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been to Liverpool doing transfers uh, in the past anyway, um, and I'm from around there. Any not from Liverpool, I'm from yeah. where I work. So I know its reputation, I don't know, you know, lads have come from there. Um, so yeah, so we get to Liverpool, staff are alright, 
you know it was during lockdown anyway covid so it was you know it was a bit weird anyway do they have vp wings there yeah, liverpool do yeah did they offer you a vp wing uh, no we were going straight in the block did you know that yeah yeah and you were going to block and that so um we got there go through your prop what you can have what you can't have which is self-explanatory for like for us we knew what we were doing yep. so you're going to block anyway right like, strip search whatever um and then yeah, took to the block and then like Walton's an old jail, like you know, you straight away yeah. it's the same Victorian yeah. building, very sparse, old. <laughs> so yeah, we get to seg and then obviously you're thinking, well, what's the staff gonna be like? Because we're ex-officers. Um so we get to there and then you, you get your lead through your cell, open your door and then there you go. And then for lads who have been in, been in Walton, you know what it's like for people that that don't, you know, I'm used to the, the Forest Bank's a new jail. Yeah, you quite. Know, it's, it's quite plush, really, if, if you think about it. And then you go to Walton, high ceilings, the bed, you've got a bed, uh, a plastic seat, uh, a toilet to the left, um, and that's it. That, that's all you've got. Uh, a little little blanket, which is like hospital beds, you know, orange. Yeah. Fucking things. Woolly blanket and Woolly uh, blanket, yeah. and the green sheets, the green prison green issue sheets. A pillow that's like knock someone out with. Like yeah. Brick. If you hit someone, like that's kill them, wouldn't yeah. you? So yeah, that's all you had. So it was like, right, this is this is real, this kind of thing. Uh, so what what? I don't want to bring it back. So put you in your cell, slam the door. Is that apart from holding cells first time? And police cells, you've been in an actual cell locked in on your own. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've never been in trouble, you know, I've been in cells with keys, you know, on, on doing the job, but yeah, I've never been in a in a cell um, as a prisoner. Um, so it's like you sit on your bed and you think, what the fuck, you know, it's reality now. And you're thinking this is, although you're hoping you're getting your tag, it's still seven months. You still think it's seven months not seeing my son. Because I knew even if his visits were because it was COVID, but I was never going to let him to come to see no, me no. anyway. Um, so I sat in my bed, and within a minute, I had someone at my door straight away, prisoner, one of the cleaners. Orderlies, you have orderlies in SEG, don't you? Yeah, the orderlies, yeah, who do the food. They the sort cleaning. of live down there, clean yeah. the showers, serve the meals, that sort of thing. Yeah. So as soon as I got there at my door, which one were you? Which one were you, lad? Who the you the security screw, or you you were the governor? And I was like, well, it doesn't really matter, really. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Were you the cunt? Excuse my language, that was his words. I've got to use the verbiage like that. I was like, no, I wasn't. I said, I thought I was all right. I said, but I've done what I've done. They knew, they knew we were coming. Yeah. They knew we were, the yeah. cells were there. Prison staff knew we were coming. The orderlies know we were coming. So, yeah, so he was at my door. Right, you ain't, you, so that was it, I thought, this is going to be a long few days or however long we're going to be. Have you any idea how, how long you're going to be stopping there? Nah, no, no, I didn't. Um, Did the staff, were the staff all right with you? Staff was sound. I mean, once I thought that the lads, see, when he comes to my door, and he was like, and then he, and to be fair, he was all right. He said, listen, how long have you got? And I was like, well, I told him, and he was, listen, that's easy. I know for lads who have done a lot of jail, seven months is, is nothing. So we were like, don't worry about it, you've done what you've done. Do you know what I mean? He said, you just got to try and get your, this, he said, Fair play, it'll always stick me. He said, This will be the worst bit of your jail. He said, Because it's warm. He yeah. said, You're down here, you're in the block. He said, This yeah. will be the worst thing. Once you move and go elsewhere, he said, This, you've just got to try and keep your head up. And fair play to him. And do you know what I thought? He didn't have to say that. You know, I mean, he was sound. Um, 
so yes yeah, so that was the first day but i still didn't eat i didn't eat for three days because i thought i don't fancy any spice in my food or do you know what i mean yeah. i don't, don't want to be frothing at the mouth of myself choking to death um so i didn't eat for, for three days you know and the lads and fair play the oldies like listen lad you need to eat you're not at and he was saying when in the morning when they come in to give you your cereal and whatnot you'd say the lads say listen you need to eat because you're not there for three days and i was like yeah, all right, I'll try, but I didn't because I still thought you still got to put something in my food. Yeah, but the staff were brilliant, the staff were dead nice, and they were good. Like, you know, Seg lads, CSU staff, you know, you get to when I worked in there, you'd like big lads in there, you know what I mean? Because you know, if things you have a yeah, lot, yeah, you have a lot of violent, violent places, of course, it is, yeah. dangerous places to so work. They were big lads, they were, uh, and they were scousers as well, so you know, got on with them. Oh, uh, boys yeah, from the hood yeah, and all that, you know that. Um, so, but they were, they were sad. We got, got out for a shower in the morning. Five minute phone call in the afternoon to speak to Archie, explain to him. His mum had explained to him. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure he was yeah, all right. Was he good with him. that? He was okay. Did he yeah. yeah. Uh, he, I don't know what his ins and outs what his mum said or what at all I was in for. Um, but he was fine. He said, I wrote him a letter. I've got, I've got like a book with all pictures of me and him together so he could have that. Um, so we took it, and he's got great grandparents as well that look after him. And, so we had a good support network. I knew he was going to be fine anyway, and he's quite a level-headed boy. So spoke to him once. I spoke to him, and he was all right. And, you know, he was a bit upset, but um, he understood um, what what was going on. Uh, and then you really, it's a basic. You just a regime because you had nothing in yourself. You had fuck all. So I'd get a book, um, I'd read, um, do try and do some exercise or whatever. So and you get it's it's like a, you just become a prisoner. You just get a regime in your head, How and that's long? why. What in the, How long before you accepted it? A few days? A couple of days. Don't be wrong, the first nights when you, you know, you've got nothing, you've, you're just sitting there looking at the wall, um, you're freezing because the fucking the cells were freezing. There was no heat. It was February or whatever it was. It was absolutely cold. Um, but I never, you know, I didn't ask the staff for anything, never bothered, never mind, but never got on my buzzer. Just sat there and looked at <laughs> But them nights when the nights come in and you don't know what time it is, or fuck all, so then you're just trying to think, trying to get your head on this fucking brick, trying to sleep, freezing. Um, yeah, so you just got to try and just forget about it. And how long were you at Walton? A week. And then where did they send you? Yeah, we're there a week. Um, just regimes the normal every day. Just have a shower, uh, have a shower, sleep in the, in the morning till dinner time. <laughs> Read your book. So you get into sort of, and yeah. do you know what? It wasn't that bad. Once you got into you reading a book, you should read a book a day. So you, you time your days, your dinner time. Once you and you get on your head right dinner time, I'll read some more. Get your head down by eight o'clock. It was dark, so it wasn't too bad. And then I started eating. And one of the lads, the orderlies, comes to me and said, "Listen, mate, we're not going to do anything to your food. You just need to eat because you're not here for fucking three three days." So I, I took it. I'm on his word, you know. And what I did as well when I first got into Walton. I brought money with me, I brought like 50 quid or whatever it was. I brought a, a, an A4 pad because I wanted to start writing. Yeah, so you have that? Yeah, yeah, so I got that on my canteen, so I got a pen and I was writing. So I just started writing about me life, about yep. what I've done, yep. about my experience of being in the block, how I felt, that kind of stuff. Because I wanted to think maybe I could write something about, you know, my story or whatever. So I was writing as well. Um, so yeah, so I started eating and the lads were fine, all the leaves were alright, no issues, the staff were, were fine with us. Obviously we were kept segregated from everyone else. We would go out for exercise, me and Paul, on different yards next to each other so we could have a chat. Yeah. Um, the lad on the other cell was a bit of an oddball, he was chatting to me through the vents, you know, and that kind of stuff. So you'd, so you'd have a little chat with him every other day. And then the governor, you have your good order review anyway. 
uh, which is sat in front of governor he asked us yep. if there's any issues no no where where do you think we'll be going don't know okay no problem and then on the sunday the governor comes to see us doing his rounds and he was like you're all right i've heard you you're not a problem down here i said no no not a problem do you know where we'll be going he said no idea he said but you'll be going soon uh, they're not going to want you in the block, are they? They need no. the cells. Yeah, they need the cells. I mean, to be, to be honest with you, the, it's the quietest block. Really? I have ever known. There was, I think there was one lad that was accusing uh, of everyone trying to kill him, which you, you get. But yeah, of course you. Apart from that, it was dead. There was no one banging the doors, no one kicking off, no one, no dirty protests, no one flooding out, nothing. It was the I said to the lad, the, the staff said, "Fucking hell!" So you guys got this on lockdown kind of thing or you've had an easy week or a couple of weeks and so yeah so he said to me he didn't want it they obviously don't want us in there and they don't want us around the northwest because there were the threats to us yeah being ex-officers like so that, that was the sunday he said we'll be going soon and then the monday morning he said right you you know you're getting transferred um, and like where are we going you know like lincoln lincoln prison lincoln so I was like okay so we packed up Thank the thank the staff, thank the thank the orderlies, and thanks for looking after us and that. Um, and then we got put on the put on a van, and uh, we had to make a stop off at Leeds, I think. Um, I can't remember if we changed vans. We might change vans or do, doing something. We were picking someone up. Stopped off at Leeds, and then drove drove to Lincoln. Then. Uh, Could you finish your sentence at Lincoln? Yeah. Well, I thought if we'd get Cat D, you know, because we weren't a threat to anyone. Yeah. Um, no spaces, Cat D is a no. Cat, uh, Lincoln's a Cat B local, which was like Forest Bank, but in Lincoln. So we think, you know, they're gonna, we're gonna get there and they're gonna know who we are. Yeah, nothing. Fuck all. They just turned, just turned up, and the, the SO just looked at us and we were like, "Has anybody told you about the transfer?" No. I was like, "For fuck's sake!" So what, what do we do now? <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, what do you do for the best? So. We said, well, well, we'll go, we'll go your block until you can find, and speak to a governor to let us know yeah. what you're doing, because you've got. Although I'm not trying to be a shitbag, you still, still got to be care, careful. Well, of course, you have. Yeah. I don't. We're all right together, me and Paul in a cell. Don't be wrong, but if I go and if, they, if you want to put me on a wing, I might not go in a cell with him. I might get put. Yeah, yeah else. true. But obviously, COVID and all that, you've got to you isolate at the time anyway. So we were like, we're not trying to be in our beds, but we don't want to. We don't know anything about Lincoln. Yeah, don't know what kind of stuff are. Yeah. I don't don't really want to go to sleep in a cell with someone I don't know and wake up with fucking shiver me eyeball. Do you know what I mean? So because yeah. you know staff, staff. Are you're going to worry as a prison officer, same as coppers, same as anyone who's in that sort of authoritarian position. Yeah, and even though we were out the way, it still doesn't mean that that, that information doesn't get out. You know, a member of staff can find that out easy enough. You've only got to Google your name or yeah, on your wing. Because, you know, you get two lads from out of area, where have you come from? You know, open block, well, what are you there? Blah, blah, blah. So it goes like that. So we said, you know, we'll go to block. And he said, well, no, you can't go to block. So what, what, where do you expect us to go then? So they said, well, you can sign up for OP, which is with the own protection. With the protection. Um, VP, like, you know, with your debt heads. So we're like, well, what's that entail? Because I'm not going on a sex offenders wing um, so he said right e-wing I think it was so you can go on there you, you do your two weeks or your week COVID I think it was two weeks COVID so you're on your own there anyway the two yep. of you kept away from everyone anyway own showers own regimes and all that own exercise 
until we get speak to someone who knows about you and then we'll find out if you're gonna get transferred again um, so you're on your own wing away from everyone anyway yep. so but like the VPs or the debt heads they were downstairs locked off and we were up so we were like right well if we can't go to block then we've got nothing the beds we'll do that for we'll do that for a week or so until we find out what's going on and get some information so we ended up on this wing on this uh, this wing away from everyone for two weeks and then the SOs came to us and said you know what you what are you gonna do are you gonna go on, on the rest of the, the jail or we can offer you you can go on this VP which is not sex offenders just dead heads yep um, what it means by that on protection you had it strange ways and that it's people who get in debt in the jail so they're at risk of being armed so they keep them separate at strange ways, the OPs used to be on the sex offenders wings. They put them together. Yeah, it all depends. The different jails are different. Like Forest Bank had so many VPs in the end because there were so many drugs and so so much debt. Yeah, they had to have their own wing away from the OPs. Um, so you've got to weigh it up, and it was like, Paul, do you want to do? You know, do we take a chance and just go on normal location and then see? See, but then you've got to think. Well, apart from like the worst case scenario, you get hurt. You've got if you get in a fight. Like you're on a nicking, you're not getting your you're not getting your tag. Yep. You're not getting out. You're not going home early. You know, if you're in the showers and you know you're looking over your shoulder, you've got an exercise yard, blah blah blah. So you've got to think, all right. Even if you get in a fight, defend yourself. You're still getting a nicking. You're not getting your tag, so you, you you're not going home early. So you've got to think: Do you want to go home, or do you want to try and be the big man uh, and whatever, or do you want to stay on this VP VP with the people who are on debt around Lincoln? So we'll, so we said, listen, we'll, we'll stay on here till we know where we're going, getting transferred. Uh, and the long story short, we stayed there. They never bothered with us. Uh, they were Keep just down. didn't speak to anybody. Um, we had our own cell. Went out for showers. Kept ourselves to ourselves. Um, the staff were fucking useless. I mean, it's gone. From, you go from Manchester, they know Manchester lads, Manchester gangs, Manchester criminals, yep. Scouse criminals. You know, there's that mentality of the way they yeah. are. They're just that. That's the the people, the northern people. Lincoln was just a different kettle of fish. There was yeah. just there was. You, you look on the wing, you know, on the wings and on, on the exercise yards and on. There's it's a different level. There's, there's it's different culture, isn't it? Yeah, it's very. There's just nothing going on around there. And the staff were just asking. Well, I think I asked one question and it, they didn't know anything. And it's like anywhere, new staff, brand one, new staff. One question in five months. One question in five months, I didn't get on my buzzer, I couldn't be arsed with them. Get your canteen, canteen was your highlight your week or whatever. That was shite, there's nothing to order on your canteen. Uh, and then you just get in a routine, and it's and then you see it from the side of the prisoners. I mean, you always have an empathy and understanding of what they're going through prisoners with regards to phone calls and personal yeah. problems and all that. And it's the, the, the little things that, that, that contain them. You know, off one day they might just lose it all just because the regimes are wrong and you do you sit like me and Paul we have in the shower in the morning oh no the, sh the showers are broke we have in the afternoon so you're like oh bloody hell I was one of watch bargain hunt this morning you know that's, that's your day I've got I've got tipping point on it like half four do, do, do you know a lot of a lot of people have said that very sadly when you're in prison you know exactly round dinner time what programs on oh, what shites on what you're gonna... and especially because of covid you lock you lock behind your door. We were behind our door twenty three hours. If you want to, how did you find that? <sighs> hard work. I mean, not. I'm not saying it was easy for you guys, but probably better being in 
with the lad who you knew. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, me and Paul, we didn't know each other like personally wise, but then you're you're building a relationship with him. And don't get me wrong, the first few days you don't want to go to the toilet in front of each other. Oh, you know what I mean? It's, you lose. It, these I mean, are things that that, that people don't realise that it, it's not. There's nothing. It's no holiday camp. There's nothing about prison that's pleasant. You don't no. get any time, any personal space. Um, you know, you don't get to do anything when you want to do it, and people will say that's how it should be, but... Yeah, yeah, it, it's... You, you, you Honestly, you, so, for them first few days, you're constipated, because you only... So, in the shower, you've got to go for your showers and all that, so you go, Paul, do you want to go for your shower, and I'll just go to the toilet. So then you've got to try and go... And you, you, little things like that, but you've you got to use the toilet. And then after a while, you just can't be arsed. You just you just get used to each other, and you just go, go to the toilet, you pull the curtain across. Because in Forest Bank, you didn't have these curtains. Yeah. You just used to have to go to the toilet, and then if privacy someone, screen. If someone made a, like a, their own self-made one, yeah. you pull it down. Yeah. Like, you're not allowed to have that. Yeah. But then you—that's just the rules of that jail. But you think if I had to actually sit there in front of him, but at least I had the curtain to pretend I was somewhere else. So I mean, and you'd, you'd have to tell you on loud, just so you didn't have to listen. Oh, it's just... So when did you get out? Um, June, June, July, I think. Um, so, so it's still quiet. Yeah, well, it's it, it it went quick, but it didn't. But like you're saying about the tele, like the the TV, that's all your life is. You know, that's you had, you had your footy sometimes, you match your day, you had something to look forward to. You had film four, so you plan your week. You'd write what down what was on films, or and then and sometimes you don't get on. You you arguing over some stupid shit. You know, football that was an offside, or you know, you do get ratty with each other. You don't mean to be, you know. But but imagine that if it was someone you didn't know. You know, if, if I went, well, if, if I would have went on my own, if I did, if I was kept separate and dealt with, I would have gone on my own. So I could have been put up with, I would have been in Lincoln with somebody, yeah. unless I demanded a single cell, which I wouldn't have got, unless it was a case of well, I might get hurt. But I was lucky in that respect. But even so, you still have your little quibbles and arguments and, and over some stupid shit. And we used to, but we used to have a laugh. I mean, I know it sounds stupid, but you'd have a laugh, you'd say stupid stuff, and. I, he'd get wound up because Paul's Scottish and he has a bit of a short temper. And uh, one day, is he, he ordered juice on his canteen? Just he grabbed me juice, and didn't the, can, the lad didn't have the canteen? It was fucked, and they didn't even have their own canteen place in the jail. It was outside, so if he didn't get it, well, it's, you just get me funded. Tough shit. Tough shit. So I've not got my juice. <laughs> like, well, I, I what you haven't the lad, the lad, the officer was like, what you haven't got me for? He's like, well, I'm not, but I want some juice. So that was it. He's wind him up. Where's your juice? But just stupid little things that you, you, you found funny. So we kept each other going in that way. But again, no privacy. You, you got your phone call. You got to speak to your. I speak to Archie, or he'd speak to his partner, and you're on the phone to each other, or you're in you're in the cell 23, 23 hours a day because we never went on the yard. I thought, fuck that. Man. No, can't be asked. We just do our own thing. And the staff didn't staff didn't speak to us at all. I mean, you're talking about. I said to one of them once, I said, you know, you know, with mental health and self-harm, they didn't look into our cell once. So we, could been, we could have been lying there all day dead. You know what I mean, if you want. I didn't know any of the staff's name. They never introduced themselves. They never had any interaction with you. And I don't think it was because we were ex-staff. I think they, they were just fucking it, it was interaction or... Nothing. I didn't know any of the, I didn't know any of the names. Um, and I, I put a complaint in about something. I can't remember what I put. It was something stupid. I can't remember what it was. And um, it was about, oh, a letter had gone to another wing. Um, That's a, a prison letter, you don't have to put a stamp on it. 
Yeah, but one it, a week. It, 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 it was emails. It was emails. It was like old school. So they were coming through, and it had gone to another cell, and it was from Archie or whatever. And um, so I, I kicked up a bit of a fuss. I said that could have gone to anyone. I said I know it's can't be that hard to sort out. And then I had the security manager ringing me and, and all this. I said, listen, how it works, you know. But so I had the SO, and the SO was sat me in the office, and he was like, have you got a problem? He said there was a problem with the staff. I said no. I said, but. I don't, I've not spoke to any, any of you in four months. I said, you've not done anything with regards to helping us or giving us any activities or we're just behind the door kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, but it, it went quite quick. But it was some, some days it went quick, some days it didn't. Um, you get your bad days and your weekends. For some reason, your weekends just dragged. don't know why. I think, weekends, no always, I think weekends always drag in prison me. Yeah, but with exactly there was no routine, there was no regime, so it was exactly the same day. It wasn't as if we were out on association or anything like that, because there wasn't any. Um, so, but you're just counting your days really and hoping you get your tag. But we didn't even know we were getting our tag till the day before we got out. Like the OMU didn't come and see us, no, OCA never come and saw us, nobody come and saw us. Um, yeah, so it was challenging. It was a long four months. Um, so we're out in June. Um, yeah, I lost about a stone and a half because the food, I've never known food like it. Oh, God. Listen, I think the camera is going to run out any minute now. I want to continue this conversation, yeah? And then, because um, I've got some questions for you about prison because you've yep. gone through prison in lockdown. Uh, so I'll prepare them. But then I would like to talk about the special provisions at Forest Bank. Special provisions, basically, prison was put under notice, is that right? Yeah, recently, It, it was yeah. that bad, um, they've got to make a lot of improvements, I want to talk about that, you know about that, you know about a lot of people still there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd like to come back and ask some questions about lockdown as well. Yeah, of course. Are you cool with that? Yeah, sound. Thank you for your honesty. My pleasure. Yeah. Um, no, it's been a pleasure, mate. No, enjoyed it. No, and, uh, I'll see you soon. We'll talk about special provisions, and I want to ask you about lockdown because that's becoming the norm, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Towards the end, as I say, that was that was pretty much the regime of uh, Forest Bank, um, and there was reasons for that that we'll go we'll go into. But yeah, jobs are good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sound. Nice one. I'll see there.